0: This podcast is for investment professionals only. Hello. In early March, ChemChina, a giant state-owned chemicals company, one of the largest industrials group in China, offered a jumbo-sized bond issuance worth over $6 billion, the largest corporate bond sale by an Asian issuer so far this year. Now, was this a tantalising investment or a risk to be avoided? On the surface at least, ChemChina's environmental, social and governance credentials are enough to put the fear of God into even a hardened investor. The company handles millions of tonnes of toxic discharge every year. It employs 100 60,000 staff to make and handle those chemicals, and has to navigate tight regulation in a number of territories, not least its home turf. Enough to put you off? Well, with me today to explain why they weren't discouraged by that litany of dangers, and to help us understand a bit better about how ESG considerations really work in the investment coalface, are here in London, Mike Dolan, Director of Research, on the line from Shanghai, Alvin Cheng, Credit Analyst, and in Hong Kong, Brian Collins, Fixed Income Portfolio Manager. Welcome to you all, but Brian, I'll start with you, as you're the person who ultimately made the decision uh, to incorporate the Chem China issuance in your portfolio. Um, I mean, broadly, uh, is ESG even a possible consideration um, in China? It's not something that leaps to uh, the forefront of, of my mind, but that's that's perhaps my ignorance.
1: Yeah, well, ESG is uh, still a relatively new concept for a lot of issuers and investors, for that matter, actually, in this part of the world. But it's, it's interest and, I suppose, the um, ensuring that it's it's a factor for, for a lot of investors, is is increasing rapidly and issuers are responding to it. I mean, you're right to some extent that for this particular issuer, ChemChina, you don't immediately think about that this is a ESG champion, but it's one whereby the concept of ESG investing in China is actually starting to become much, much more relevant. You know, we're seeing a significant investment from Chinese authorities, not just Chinese, but Indian and other regional powers in environmental remediation. So that could be Uh, relating to uh, renewable energy. It could be environmental remediation for water treatment, for example. And uh, so we're seeing a lot more investment opportunities come up in that space. A lot of companies in this part of the world will have a strong level of government ownership, particularly in China, so the state-owned enterprises. And often they're going to not only be providing the service that they are, but they're going to be employing a lot of people. So there is an element of the service that they have to the country to keep people employed. So there's very much that aspect. And then from a governance perspective, we're talking about government-owned organizations and we're talking about those whereby leverage is highly uh, uh, in focus at the moment, certainly excessive leverage. And clearly companies have to be doing something, if they're government-owned, that are in the national interest. So these themes are strong, they're getting stronger. And that's relevant here in ChemChina's case for some extent. But more broadly, we're going to see a lot more of it in the years to come.
0: So very relevant um, across the board in China. Um, Alvin, let's come to you in Shanghai. You're the expert. You've been following ChemChina for um, a while as, a, as an analyst. How does ESG play into a, a company like this? Brian described it. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's state-owned and it's huge. So it's, it's becoming a much more alive issue. Is that
2: right? I think ESG, I think, is relatively new in China, but then I think company, especially the SOE, they're playing a leading role in ensuring they're doing good on the ESG. Especially and also ESG will impact their business operation as well. So if you have noticed that the recent kind of talks from the China top political leaders that have been placing more and more focus on environmental issues in China. So for a company as big as Chem China, if they viol- violate some kind of environment emissions standard, it's highly likely that operation will be suspended by government for that excessive emission. So they have to make sure that environmental, social and the governance issue are up to the standard required by the Act. So I think that's also related to, uh, to the ultimate financial return of the company and the performance of the company bond as well.
0: And how do you engage with ChemChina on, on these topics?
2: The interesting thing is actually ChemChina is one of the first batch of companies. They kind of continue to release a sustainable report on the website. So they continue to have the report as early as 2011. And now they have like each year they will have a sustainable report, detail on their kind of efforts on each, on, on a different a part of the ESG. And also we will also do some um, background check on how company, whether they have kind of a, some scandals on governments, yeah. So that's probably the things I do on Kim China when checking the ESG side.
0: And is it becoming um, more of a live issue for you? Is it some? Is, is it becoming a more important uh, factor when you're considering companies?
2: It's always been a part of the research work, as I mentioned, because the environmental issue, the social issue, and the governance issue can affect the operating result. But I do have the feeling that the investor, uh, especially from the Europe, they're getting more and more kind of requirement on specific ESG requirement on these companies. So we are intentionally paying more, paying more attention to the ESG aspect of these companies.
0: So instead of it um, being driven by the investment performance aspect, which is what you you talked about um, originally, that there's a more explicit requirement that um, you've you've perhaps got to lay out various things at at the request of investors.
2: Yes, Yes, it is.
0: ChemChina has been on something of a, a, a buying spree. Um, perhaps why it needs to, to raise this uh, this cash. It's bought companies like Pirelli, the um, Italian tire maker. It's bought uh, Syngenta, an agrochemicals company. Also here with me in London is Mike Dolan, director of research. Um, now you you met the company when it was on the London leg of its roadshow, um, uh, trying to drum up interest in the in the issuance. What were the discussions like when you talked to them?
3: Yeah, that's correct. Um, they roadshowed in Asia first of all, then they came to uh, to Europe and the U.S. and I met them while they were in London. They were issuing uh, bonds in dollars and euros, so there was a wide investor appeal. Hence, they did the the global roadshow. You know, my angle, I guess, is that I followed Syngenta for a number of years. Um, Syngenta itself will be issuing bonds later this year so I wanted to get a better understanding of how ChemChina was going to look after the Syngenta business how it was going to integrate the Syngenta business and ultimately how it was going to finance the Syngenta business when it comes to the market later this year.
0: ESG again bringing it back to that how did that play I mean did they did they present um, an ESG aspect um, to the uh, to the company when they when they came to talk to you?
3: They didn't formally present ESG, but um, as Alvin's already alluded to, ESG is embedded in our research process here at Fidelity and has been for a long time. We've always focused on governance. Where it's appropriate, we've focused on the inv- environmental angle and the social angle as well. And now it just seems to be, you know, it's under this this new um, uh, in vogue wrapper ESG. But we've always focused on that and it's embedded in our process. I, you know, I think Syngenta is a good acquisition for ChemChina from an ESG perspective. You know, China has uh, 20% of the world's population, but only around 8% of the world's arable land. So it has a huge challenge in feeding its people. So there's a social angle there and there's also an environmental angle, and Syngenta's uh, suite of agrochemical seeds and uh, and crop science will definitely help them in that process. Mm, So it sort of wraps the whole, all three of them in,
0: the whole suite. I mean, both of you, Alvin as well, you, you, you gather this information and then um, the process is that you um, present it back to um, the team here at, uh, at Fidelity. So um, t- t- talk me through that, because it wasn't just um, uh, Brian Collins, who's, um, of course, in Hong Kong, but uh, there were PMs, portfolio managers um, here in London as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, as I say, we do our credit work, we present that back to the team, but ESG is part of that credit work. Uh, some portfolio managers are more focused on that than others, um, but it's, it's definitely a very important part of our process.
0: So what are the sorts of questions that you're fielding around this?
3: You know, wh- what, is it, uh, what is its governance like? What are the, what are the social angles? Uh, is it doing damage to the environment? Uh, those kinds of questions.
0: Alvin, you're part of this process as well. Uh, what are some of the questions that you get from uh, PMs? Not just Brian, of course, in um, Hong Kong, but um, there are portfolio managers dotted around the world. What are the, what are the questions they're firing at you around, about a company like ChemChina?
2: I think the general question, as Michael has also kind of described, it, is actually how the company does on ESG, and then actually the things actually I do is actually I will try to kind of gather as inf- as much as information I can from the company on on the, on 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 separate ESG, and I do some research on how how things are kind of managed by Kim China. Um, the I think apart from the company data the company offers, actually there is some kind of independent research on how the company is doing against its peers. Like on Bloomberg, there's actually a peer comparison on how much emission on a kind of a per... Per unit revenue is for ChemChina, and how do they compare to the peers? And actually, when I checked that ChemChina actually did a little bit better uh, comparing to its global chemical peers. So I can I can come back to the PM saying that on the emission side, the company is actually doing a little bit better than peers. So I think it's above average. Kind of, e, I'll give him a above average E score. So that's an example of how we communicate with a PM on different aspects of the ESG. And how much
0: do you have to burrow down? How much um, engagement do you have to have with the company um, to answer some of the more probing questions from from PMs?
2: I think for all these Chinese companies, um, ESG was also quite kind of new for them. So it's quite unusual, I mean, I mean for them to get company questions on ESG. You can, you can imagine that the company will only give you good information on ESG. They will say that the perfect ESG is up to our analysts' kind of st- responsibility to discover is there anything, any red light in terms of ESGR.
0: And uh, what, what the more interesting things that you managed to find out?
2: One of the interesting I find out is actually the company, as Michael said, that they, uh, Chem China is also one of the big makers of tyres. In China, and they think of tires is kind of tied to the fuel consumption by cars, right? And then actually, they have been improving the technology in tires to kind of try to improve the efficiency of fuel, and that can indirectly improve, like the, to reduce the fuel consumption, help to relieve the environment. So I think, yeah. So I think there are kind of small parts of the company that actually are doing something good to the environment. So that's the reason, final reason that actually we uh, we jointly recommended uh, ChemChina as kind of uh, ESG compliant,
0: Brian. Um- coming to you as one of the the PMs uh, making a a judgment call on whether to put money in or not. How did you reach your your conclusion um, around ChemChina?
1: Because of the jumbo deal nature, it meant that the uh, initial pricing for this particular deal was going to be attractive. And this is also one which had been worked or certainly communicated with the investor base and we had met them in here in Asia and in London as mentioned before. So there was a, a timeline here where we could actually put together our orders and actually get an excellent allocation in what otherwise is going to be an attractively priced investment grade Chinese state-owned enterprise. So. That, plus the fact that we had multiple points along the curve, multiple dollar bonds, a euro bond as well, meant that it was a wide, widely appealing. That's really what drove it for me to put into a couple of different portfolios. The fact that we had fundamentally a high quality Chinese SOE making a large scale, high profile overseas acquisition with all the benefits that we talked about in terms of bringing that technology home to China. And also allowing China to move up the value chain so this is a strategically important series of acquisitions for ChemChina and so from a fundamental perspective we have a very strong foundation the valuations were clearly cheap um, in terms of being able to get the kind of spreads that were on offer for what is a uh, low a you know mid to high triple B kind of credit very solid we're not talking about something that's high yield here So if you can get a high 100, sort of low 200 kind of spread uh, across multiple points along the curve, this is extremely attractive from an investment grade portfolio manager's perspective. The biggest sort of drawback in the near term is really the technical factors. Because it's such a big deal across multiple tranches, it needs to be priced and it could mean that... Uh, Such a big deal trades weak on the break And so we do need to be sensitive about sort of these more technical aspects So how the book was built and the book build and all the other Indications that the trading team provided back to all of us was extremely strong and gave us a lot of confidence as well as part of that Process the ESG factors of it here are important We want to make sure that which direction is this company heading towards is it looking to make incremental improvements in these factors? Or is it going the other way and clearly we don't want to be having these sorts of factors risk the investment profile going forward. So knowing that they've been looked at, that the analysts and Alvin have done some digging and that we know that there are some general improvements on that front just further supports the investment case.
0: And Brian, how important is it that um, we're doing this research um, ourselves, that people like Alvin uh, and Mike are are asking these tough questions?
1: It's important in a couple of different ways. Um, One is that you know, we, as a firm, we certainly use um, some of external providers, such as uh, as mentioned by Alvin earlier, to look at information available on Bloomberg or to use other external providers like Sustainalytics. However, the, the coverage there is, is not complete. There's certainly large parts of the investment universe that we look at, especially when you come into EM and especially when you come into some of the parts of Asia like China and like ChemChina, where simply you don't have this third party uh, assessment about ESG or there's no third party score. So for all intents and purposes, we've got to bring that into our research as we always have as part of that assessment. The great thing about having these external providers is that it provides an external benchmark, it helps you get there faster, but we wanna make sure that we, we bring that in purely because that's our value-add. That's our value-add as bottom-up fundamental researchers is that we can bring it in when there's no other external source of ESG assessments. The other thing that's important here, and this is a bit longer term, it's something that as a firm we've done for quite some time, but I think we're going to have to do more of it, and that's really about engagement. So if, if for example, when we're having these conversations with companies like ChemChina or like others, and we're asking them more and more about these G dynamics, we can actually start to help uh, through engagement, actually affecting some possible improvements, incremental perhaps, but nonetheless, if we're asking these questions, if we're trying to see what management are doing to improve on these various metrics, then that ultimately can also be a positive just through the sheer active engagement Um, as as active investors
0: Uh, Alvin you're nodding enthusiastically
2: yeah, so I just want to chime in here as Brian brightly put out and I think the coverage for the EM company especially the companies in China from excellent reports on ESG is very limited so as a result actually we are starting to develop a separate project to focus on a scoring system for these companies ESG especially for the company like, like China. actually in China the current demand for ESG score probably is limited but we can see a growing demand for that kind of uh, comment so actually we are developing sort of like a, a, a kind of a question list or kind of a question sheet for companies. Actually we are trying to score uh, our company on a separate score sheet. And that score should be different from the external providers like Bloomberg and System Analytics. And we hope that score based on our fundamental research will be more will be more reliable and a more kind of more just more just a kind of reflection of how the company actually did on ESG a
0: structured approach to help build that picture
2: yes exactly
3: just one final point from me really brian's comments around changing behavior is crucial i think you know we at fidelity we've always focused on that from a governance perspective we've always looked to to get companies to behave better from a governance perspective why can't we do that on the environmental side and the social side as well can we? I think we can. You know, I don't think uh, we've met with an investor this year that hasn't wanted to discuss ESG and what we're doing on ESG and how important ESG is to our process. Absolutely.
0: Great. Okay. Well, Mike Dolan, Director of Research, thank you very much. In Shanghai, thanks to Alvin Cheng, our credit analyst, and in Hong Kong to Brian Collins, a Portfolio Manager. I'm Richard Edgar. I hope you enjoyed this Fidelity podcast. Thanks very much indeed for listening. Goodbye.
2: This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied on by private investors. This podcast is provided for information purposes only and is intended only for the person or entity to which it is sent. It must not be reproduced or circulated to any other party without prior permission of Fidelity. The value of investments can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. For other important legal notices, please see our website or the Fidelity SoundCloud or iTunes apps.